sometimes a lot of people, they try to hold back. Oh, I'll only give them a tiny bit or whatever. But the reality is you have to give value. And when you give value, people then understand your experience, which in turn then gets you clients. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined today by Roy Collin, and Roy is a podcast coach. So you know I am super excited to have him here today so that he can share some of those great secrets on how he works with people to grow their podcast and really all about the exciting podcast that he actually has as well. I believe he has five podcasts of his own. Roy, welcome. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And with your busy schedule running five podcasts of your own, please tell us how you do it. I systemize everything. So I have just for those listening, I've released about close to 1200 episodes. I've edited them all myself. And I think it's just having systems in place. So for example, the Polish one, that's a short one, five to 10 minutes. And I record two or three in a batch. And when I'm editing them, I'll do the two or three together. And with the other ones, then it's just, I try to just systemize it. I'll do say one crypto a week and a few of the meditations but it's basically making sure that i stick to the plan because life can get in the way and i don't let things interfere with what i'm doing so i block out the time so if i'm doing say two interviews i block out free time beforehand because i've done that i'm like five in a day and it's exhausting i know you've got something like i think 42 episodes at this time and that's actually a lot of people throwing the towel after 10. So that's fantastic. You're doing very well there. And it's a case of committing long term because a lot of the times people say, I'm going to try this. And they expect to become a millionaire overnight because they're looking at Joe Rogan, you know, Patrick Bet David and these, and they're expecting the 10 million downloads. And the reality is what I tell people is if you're going into a room and there's 20 people there and you get to speak in front of them, you would be delighted. Even if some people would be delighted if there's five people in a room. If there's 10 people, 20 people in a room. You come back next week, two left, two more come, or maybe three more come. You'd still be doing it. But when people see, say, 20 downloads, they think they've failed. And it's a case of if you're given a good message, you could change somebody's life based on that message. So if the mission is more important than, say, oh, reaching a million downloads are making massive money straight away the money will come and the numbers will come as well if you're consistent and you just track everything let's start at the beginning why did you start your first podcast okay so i'm a serial entrepreneur i've been kind of since nine years of age washing cars 11 delivering newspapers with the money from that i bought a lawnmower at 14 then worked in construction in ireland i studied construction economics and management after about 11 years, I moved to Poland and I was doing real estate, building houses, building apartments, managing a couple of hundred properties, doing well. And I had a few syndicates. And when the crash happened in the States, it took a while to come across. 
I was doing well. The guys that I was in a syndicate with were way wealthier than me. And then they started losing stuff. And I thought, ah, it'll come. So I reinvested and it didn't come right. And everything came tumbling down. And in Poland, nobody told me this, when you're the CEO or the president of the company, and I was the president of a lot of companies, you're personally liable. So instead of being making 5 million euro, I was minus 5 million, personally liable. So through that journey, I saw, ooh, banks are fairly corrupt. The courts are corrupt. The bailiffs are corrupt. Everyone is really nasty in this kind of thing. And I went to an event in Mexico and it was, what's your quest? And I said, I'm going to expose this. Nobody should go through this. Because some people, unfortunately, throw in the towel. They get depressed. Families break up. And it's all orchestrated. So I wanted to... And at the same event, there was brilliant speakers. And I hated public speaking. It was like, in school, I would stutter. If they were going around the class, five people before me, my brain would just... I couldn't even hear the people next to me. So I knew I had to improve my public speaking skills. So I came back, joined Toastmasters, joined another Toastmasters, formed the Toastmasters Club entered every competition you could do, got into the final of five countries, done an open mic TEDx, done open comedy, and just read loads of books on speaking, and went to another event, and it was a workshop doing starting your podcast. Never thought of starting a podcast. I listened to podcasts, and I went, ooh, this is a good way for me to get my message out. So the first one was the speaking podcast. Because of my speaking journey, I knew a lot of speakers around the world, and that's why the first podcast started. The second, because of my journey of losing everything, including my houses, personal belongings, meditation helped me. So I used to listen to guided meditation and then different ones, and then they were disappeared or else they started charging. And when you lose everything, you don't like paying for things like that. You're watching every penny just to survive. So I said, I'm going to create a meditation that's free. And because I've met loads of people around the world that kind of do yoga, breathwork, meditation, they've agreed to do it. So I'll interview them and sometimes they'll give me one to five different meditations. So some people say, I don't have time to meditate. I've got meditations from one minute over to two hours and all different types. The next one was to learn Polish. So I moved to Poland 16 years ago and I was trying all different things. Rosetta Stone, Pimsner, like languages is easy for some people. My brother moved to Holland. He was fluent in two years. I don't have that ability. No, I'm entrepreneurial. And I was trying everything. Even at one stage, as I was running all these companies, I hired a teacher to come and I used to fall asleep as she was teaching me. Because <laughs> yeah. so she used to get me to stand up and juggle the tennis balls. And I was like, okay, this is creative. And I definitely improved a bit with that. Later then I got lessons. And so I said, okay, I might be able to learn by listening to a Polish podcast. And they were scripted or they were only in Polish. And for me, I mean, if you're listening to a different language and yeah, you'd understand bits, but you, you could make assumptions. So I said, I'm going to create this. So my ex-wife, who was not that teacher, but a different teacher, and we've got a child together, so we have a fantastic relationship. So we formed this podcast based on how I learn. So I said, I don't want to be doing grammar and stuff. We do a little bit, but I just want everyday conversations. Because if you want to go into a shop, go into pharmacy, go to a mechanic, go get a bus, and we have a graphic showing the pictures, and we talk five to 10 minutes, we have it fun, you know, leaving the humor. And that's got over 2 million between the audio and the video. It's like, and it's been number one in a lot of countries. Most of them have been in the top half percent. So that was the next one. Fourth one was my kind of passionate one, the awakening, exposing fraud and corruption, but with solutions. Because there's a lot of people telling everything that's going on. We all know what's going on, but it's not really making you feel good. So I tried to find things that will actually 
help humanity. And that was kind of the purpose for that one. So that was good. And then I saw crypto. There was a lot of fraud in that. And I didn't want to incorporate it into the Awakening podcast because I said I would lose people that aren't interested in blockchain technology, crypto, because not everybody's into that. So I said I'd form another one. And so that's the crypto podcast. And that's currently at the one and a half percent. Oh, my gosh. So how much time per week does it take? And I know you have systems, but just for someone who may be interested in starting multiple podcasts, how much time do you allot for maintaining those each week? I don't really time it. I just, just do things as I feel like doing them. So one of my clients, he's a friend of mine as well. I've got him on over 40 shows in two months, and which, as you probably know, the amount of work in corresponding and everything. And I think it's just... Don't push it. I wouldn't encourage anybody to just start off and do five like I did. Do it slow. Get your systems in place. Understand it. Because I know a load of people that they do three, they're gone. They do 10, they're gone. Even for the fourth one, I actually done a high level court. There was over 100 people on it. I done it because I said, I want to up my game. See, will I learn something new? As it turned out, I was actually teaching people in the group that I was in because they split it into different groups and everything. And it was the one that didn't go to the top of the charts at the start because they followed their system thinking they'd know better than me. <laughs> so what I would say is when you have your systems in place, when it's all working and there's a reason to do another one, then consider. Some people, I've seen some people, what they do is they might have five combined in one and they've got the title. I don't think that works because if they're following, say, the Polish, they don't want to be hearing about the awakening, perhaps. And like when they see that, then they'll switch off or they think there's something wrong. So I would definitely think separating them. But just be conscious that if you're getting into it, if you're going to start, commit to the time. You can do it like some, I know some people like they're working. They don't, they're not entrepreneurs, they're employees of something. So they'll do it at the weekend and they'll do their interviews at the weekend. And perhaps you could say, I'll just do one interview a week. And when I started off I with the speaking one, I, I thought maybe I'll double my audience if I put two out. And it went up by about three. And I was like, ooh, this is good. But on the downside, because I've learned a lot of lessons, I took off time. I don't know, was it in the second year of Christmas? I thought, I'd take off a bit of time. I took off maybe a month or a bit more. And I expected everybody to be just sitting there waiting for me. And unfortunately, that's not what happened. So the numbers dropped. So if you are taking a summer off or Christmas time or whatever time, just let your audience know. Say, hey, I'm taking this time. I'll be back. They're not going to delete the app because they don't know. They think you're gone. And sometimes people are watching the memory on their phone and everything. So just remove you and it'll be hard to get them back. Tell me this. In terms of the podcast coaching that you do, how would you best describe actually what you do for people? I'm helping people that are podcasters and also people that are just straight out of the gate, just starting. And I take them through the whole lot. Like, the graphic, making sure the graphic is right, making sure that they've got a good domain name. I think it all, like, for example, I've got speakingpodcast.com, awakeningpodcast.org. If I can't get the com, I get the dot. learnpolishpodcast.com. Ones that kind of match. And I think with the algorithms and everything, that's definitely helped me. I'll explain, like, I have a green screen there, but because I knew we're on a different platform today, I've got a throw on it. And like, I even share it, like, now I'm starting to use the QR code because a lot of the time, no, you think people, you call out your domain name, they'll remember. But anyone can just take out their phone because before with the QR codes, you needed a special app. Now it's simple. Just hold up your phone and it gives you the link. And this is for yourself as well. Because sometimes people have a lot of links. Like the one I do is I have everything on it. 
So that way then people can go to what they're interested in. And anytime I'm mentioning, it's always the same thing. Instead of trying to, you know, when I'm on the awakening, say that one. When I'm on the speaking podcast, say that one. I make it easy that people can find me. As far as editing, a lot of people, they think, oh, this is going to be difficult. I mean, I use programs. Audacity is what I use. And it's just a cut and paste, insert. Like, I wouldn't say I'm really technical computer-wise. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. So I take them through the whole lot that they're feeling relaxed and explain about the cameras, the lighting, microphone. I learned as I went along. I never thought it'd be get so good to all the different podcasts. It was just the journey. Then I give marketing because a lot of the times people spend a lot of time preparing for the podcast and they do zero marketing or they just put it out there thinking, I'll post it on my Facebook and they just assume everybody's there, all your friends. And whether you've 500 or 3,000 or 5,000, doesn't matter. The problem is the way the algorithms work now. And you'll see it with most people when you're looking through their Facebook. They have very zero, very little interaction, maybe one or two. So it's not the way to actually do it. And you have to kind of navigate it and look at different systems using Reddit or even, say, groups. So, for example, and this is something that I don't encourage yourself to do. And if there's podcasters listening... When you go into, like say the Polish one, I'm going into groups that are related to that. So any foreigners in Poland, foreigners in Warsaw, foreigners in Much, join them groups. Polish in New York, Polish in Chicago, because I know there's big communities there. So they're the right groups for me. So then I'm sharing either shorts or the video of the podcast. And that way it's growing. And it's only a few months ago I've realized that when you some you sometimes you might get ten people to give a thumbs up, sometimes you get two. It, it varies. But what I've learned is you hit the heart or the thumbs up that they've given you, and then you can invite them to your page. And I've just got consistent with doing that. And by your page growing, it's getting more interaction because they're the people that are actually interested in listening. Who in turn, even some people will share it or comment, and that way then the algorithms start showing it to more people, which in turn gives you. And like just everything, I take everybody through the whole journey. And I also cater for different personality types because some people, they're really, they like everything to be perfect and take their time. And they could be like two months going through the process. And there's other people, they're like, let's go. Okay. All right. We got the logo. We got this. And that's okay as well. So I go through their personality types. Whereas a lot of people, they tend to push their system. This is how we're doing it. Whereas I realize everybody's different. And then we go through the whole process based on that. And that was my next question, whether you work with people one-on-one or do you have some group settings where you do group coaching? I haven't on the group, but I'm thinking of it just to cater for kind of different budgets. And because I know everybody, especially the way costs have gone through the roof all over the world, energy costs and everything. So I'm thinking of doing it, but the only problem is trying to find a time, if you're doing it live, that it will reach everyone. And you don't want to share, because to be honest with you, it's grand giving everybody the information if they're turning up and everything. But if you're sending them the videos, then you're actually giving your golden sauce to hundreds of people, which in turn is you're, you're losing your kind of your age. So maybe to do it at, say, different countries and pick a time that's suitable for them. But I know that it is an advantage to do that. You've already given us some tips like the Facebook like strategy, but what are some of the main mistakes that new podcasters are making? One thing I would say is... Even sometimes people kind of might know their marketing. But I would say the most important thing is have a fantastic podcast. Have a brilliant interview. 
I know you've done your research today and I've actually been listening to a few of your shows as well. So I know your style and like your style and like the interviews that you've done, but not everybody does that. So whether you're actually going to be guesting on things or you're the whole, don't just turn up. I've been on shows where the guy, and like a famous guy, spoke in front of 10,000 people and he said, okay, what did we say we're talking about? But I was prepared. So it was grand and it ended up being a good conversation. But if you're getting guests, like I spend a lot of time preparing, at least an hour and even more sometimes, depending on the guests. If they're doing TEDx talks, I listen to the TEDx. I look at their social media. I look at their popular videos, but I also have a form. And on the form, I'm asking them, okay, what would you like to discuss now? Because there's different platforms that you can use as matchmaker, podmatch, all these different things. They're grand. But you don't want the interview to be the exact same as the other 100 people. Because sometimes people are doing a podcast tour. You know that yourself. They barely say goodbye to you and they're gone. And you know that they're not there for the people they're there for themselves and i think if you're going to be either a podcast host or guest think of the listener and always bring value to the listener because then people will go i like what he's doing and sometimes a lot of people they try to hold back oh i'll only give him a tiny bit or whatever but the reality is you have to give value and when you give value people then understand your experience which in turn then gets you clients and one thing, too, when I first started podcasting, there were so many things that I just did not know. And over time, you do learn those things. How important when you're working with people is the tech portion of it? You start out with tech also, because that was like a huge hurdle just getting started with the tech. Absolutely. Most of this is mistakes I've made. I listened to my earlier Learn Polish and some of them, I like the first few it's on Podbean, so you can actually see the stats on it. It's like, I don't know, last time I looked, it was like 35,000 for the episode one. But the quality is brutal. It's terrible. But still, they're still listening to it and everything. And so the first thing I tell people is I tell them, get a very good mic. I use uh, Audio Technics, but with the 2020 plus with USB. And the reason I do that is, and I tell people to use that, unless you're really technical, because anytime, you know, if you get have the misc or you have the shore type and you have different road mics and a mixer, but most of the time I've been on with people with mixers, something goes wrong and they haven't a clue what's going on. And I just said, you're eliminating that problem by just having a USB gun into your computer. And prior to recording, I always test. So even though we're on a different platform today, I went into Zoom, tested the mic, just made sure, and the earphones, making sure that it's all good. And the reason that I wear the earphones, and I tell people to do that as well, is you can pick up when there's sounds in the background. So there's plenty of times I will stop. I don't care what level the, like this, there was one guy, he had over 80 books written and everything, famous guy. And I said, listen to this noise there. And I stopped it. I paused it and I said, look, we need to get this resolved another time. Um, a famous doctor. And I just saw the lighting wasn't great. We all looked grand. Or if you see somebody, sometimes you see their head is down like a quarter of the screen. I said, you see the position of us there now where it, it looks good. And you just watch everything like that. And when you're doing that, then like just watching the quality, because some people think ah, the sound will come around. I know we've all made mistakes, but I've listened to podcasts and if the quality is poor, I'm gone and I will never go back. And that's the exact same for me. So I'm conscious of that. And I know that from my earlier episodes, it has hurt me, but you just learn from your mistakes and you just go. I invested in the camera. I've got the ring light. I've got an LED light. So I get the light a bit better. That's, as I mentioned, that's a green screen. I record on Zoom. So I have the green screen being used, but I leave it that you have the books as well. So it's not a full green screen. And if you don't have the green screen, because a lot of people, they'll do that. But then if they hold up like a glass, 
the glass disappears. It doesn't when you have the proper green screen. So it just does it matter to some people? Not really, but other people's are picky. And if you just kind of watch everything, I think it, it all helps. And just pay attention to the small things and the numbers will come. I love this. What you mentioned early in our interview, just about systems, and I don't want to steal all your secret sauce, but what are some of the best systems, just a broad level, that a podcaster can implement early on that will make the journey so much better? I would say the thing that I've done that really helped me and shortened the time was having my Google Forms. We mentioned earlier that there's different platforms and you get a little bit of information, but I have the bio that you want to use either for me to introduce or for the show notes, because prior to that, I'd be searching the website while I write about them. And sometimes people don't really have it in a format that you can cut and paste. And you're like, it's hours of time that you don't. So now I've got everything. I've got their social media links, but also on a kind of monetization thing. I say, hey, I do sponsorship. Are you interested? I'm helping people getting on shows. Are you interested? So I'm never trying to sell anybody that's coming on my show. I've already asked them and they say, yes, they raise their hand. And then it's grand. You don't have to be pushing yourself. And I also say to people is, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, if you're doing, be marketing yourself, whatever services you're doing, if you have something that you're doing. And if you don't, just kind of maybe partner with somebody that you can be doing their services and work on a split. If you can give a podcaster one piece of advice on how to play big faster in the podcasting game, what would it be, Roy? I would say be in it for the long haul, be in it for passion, for to make change, whatever you're passionate about, how you can help people and just track everything. So I'm on like the different groups, Facebook, YouTube, and I have everything written down with the episodes, how many episodes, so I know my averages. And I check that about two or three times a day. And the averages go down. I go, what's going on? Oh, I forgot to post it here. So when you track everything and you're watching it, not living in hope, because unfortunately some people, I hope my podcast will grow. No, hope doesn't work. <laughs> hope is not a strategy. So what you do is you track everything. Make sure the quality is very good, but love it. I love it. That's why I'm in it for the long haul. I enjoy it. I enjoy this conversation. I enjoy guests I get on. It's like I've learned. I've changed my life from listening to people. I've got so much advice. I've, my thought process have changed. I had a belief system. Someone come on and talk about something. And I go, that's interesting. Then I go away and get a few books on it just to confirm it. And I go, wow, I had a different belief system. And now I know that was wrong. And now he's changed it. So I think my life has improved based on guests as well. So you, you can get on people that you would love to speak to. And it's a wonderful opportunity. Awesome. If someone wanted to contact you, what is the best way to contact you? So my all my podcasts, if any of them are interested to you, is bio.link forward slash podcaster. And I'm going to include that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. You brought a lot of fire to the podcast. Thank you very much. And just make sure for the listeners that you give a five-star rating and also that you rate our show because it really helps. And when you do that, more people see it. Yes, what he just said, what he just said. <laughs> and until next time, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.